0: Boom boom
1: Yo, 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 Big Sky Breakdown, SkylinesportsMT.com. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Big Sky Breakdown. In this Big Sky Breakdown, a ton of good guests for you. Here from Montana State head coach Brent Vegan and Eastern Washington head coach Aaron Best. Their teams play in Cheney on Saturday. Also got some players from each side of that matchup, including Jack Sendelbach, inside linebacker for Eastern, as well as Eric Berrier, the front runner for the Walter Payton Award and Eastern Washington's All-American quarterback. Also here from Montana State offensive lineman Lewis Kidd. When it comes to Montana's matchup at Northern Colorado, we heard from David Hogue defensive end from Northern Colorado, as well as Grizz linebacker Marcus Wellnell. The Big Sky Breakdown is presented in part by Alpine Touch. Visit alpinetouch.com for all of your spice needs. It's also presented by Blackfoot Communications. Appreciate Blackfoot for all of their support of all of our podcasting endeavors. Big Sky Breakdown, skylinesportsmt.com. Time now for the Montana State Minute. And this week in the Montana State Minute, we are joined by Montana State first-year head football coach Brent Vegan, Usually it's Alex Elshman. She does a great job for us here on the Montana State Minute. But it is the game, not only in the Big Sky Conference, but the game around the FCS. Number four, Montana State, playing at number five, Eastern Washington. Coach, I know that uh, this is what you play for. Your thoughts just going into this top five showdown in Cheney on Saturday.
2: Well, I, I'm sure as we looked at the, the schedule, and knew we had this bye heading in. This is probably a spot we both hope to be rankings aside. I think just uh, you know having a chance to come off the bye and play a really good team and have a lot on, on the line. And, you know that's what you want in November. You want these games to matter, and you know that's what's in front of us. Um, you know Eastern's is as explosive as offense there is in all the FCS and. You know, we're going to have to play really well. Um, they, they've come a long ways, I think, on defense over the years, and, and, and you know, it's going to be a it's going to be a great challenge for us. But I think our guys are, you know, preparing and, and ready to take it on.
1: Well, I know you talked about this at your press conference a little bit, but Eric Berrier, who is, in my mind at least, the leading candidate right now for the Walter Payton Award and the Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Year. I know there's a lot of guys in the mix, but he's been fabulous for Eastern Washington. You broke it down so well, coach. He does things well in the quick game. He can extend plays on the perimeter. But to me, I think when he stands in the pocket and throws the ball down the field, that is perhaps when he is at his most dangerous. That also seems like perhaps one of the hardest parts of game planning for him. So how do you game plan for Eric Berrier and what sort of things can you do especially when he does just stand in there and throw a 50-yard bomb down the field
2: well we gotta gotta do things to make make him uncomfortable and that's challenging you know because he does so many things I don't know where he he draw that line to figure out where he's uncomfortable you know the the plays he go he he makes going to his right going to his left standing in there and, and taking shots but you know in our our own way we have to we have to play our, our brand of defense. Uh, we certainly got to cover him on the back end and can't let them get behind us. And then we got to do everything we can to, to get some pressure on him and, you know, push the pocket, uh, but at the same time be able to, to contain him. I, I know that's that's a tall task. That um, you know, not that many people have been able to to do. I mean, to, to slow him down. And I, and I think it's a deal where going in, we got to understand he's going to make some plays. I think that's just the nature of it. Um, but we got to limit those those big plays, um, those those plays where uh, we're not on our task, not on our assignment. I mean, those are the things that can't happen in this game. Um, we got to play with tremendous effort, and we got to, you know, ultimately be able to tackle well. You know, whether that's tackling him or tackling those receivers after they make some of those catches.
1: Brent Vigian joining us, the Montana State Minute, here on Nuanez Now. do this each Wednesday here on ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. And Coach, you mentioned the assignments, particularly important on the back end, and I think that some of your young corners have been awesome this year. Uh, This will certainly be their biggest test so far this year, though. So what do you hope their mentality is coming to this game, and how do you think that matchup might play out?
2: Well, I I think we got a competitive bunch. Um, You know, I I think – those guys want to uh, want to be challenged, and, and, you know, like you just said, this game will challenge them more than any other this year. I, I think what Eastern can throw at you from a size, speed, speed perspective is, is different than anyone we've seen, I believe, all season, and, you know, they're certainly going to give those guys opportunities to make plays on, you know, 50-50 balls as much as they possibly can. So, you know, I, I think for us and you know, in any one of our games, you um, you know it's it's been a blend of coverage it's it's not always putting our corners on islands um it's protecting you at times but then asking them to step up at times as well so challenge them challenge our guys to to play their their very best i think that's what we got to ask and i think you know we'll be deeper at corner than we've been in a little while i do think that helps um you know and i think we got guys that are they're experienced and 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 want want to be challenged so uh you know yeah you throw them out there and see how they can do. I know that's the plan, that's the plan for us.
1: Because of the delays and all these different things that have happened over the last couple of years, it's been a little while since Montana State Eastern Washington squared off. And I know that this group of guys, particularly your veteran group, your, your guys that are seniors, uh, they haven't beat Eastern Washington in a little while. I actually don't know if the senior class has beat Eastern in their careers. So uh, it, it seems, though, they, they took care of business at Weber already. I mean, do you think about that sort of stuff for those guys? Or how do you hope those guys, that maybe uh, maybe one of the last feathers in their caps as Bobcats is, is taking down EWU, how do you hope those guys maybe mentally prepare for this game?
2: well, I, I think I think our guys um, have really tried to live in the moment all all year. in the moment happens to be. Eastern I I think there's a lot of respect that that our guys have for their program and and I know I do as well our coaching staff does so you know I I think more than anything it's the next it's the next game up I don't think our guys are thinking about past history and and how Montana State's fared against them I think it's just about what can we do um, to continue to take care of business in the here and now and understand that they have a really good team this is a tremendous challenge for us and you know I think uh, it's going to take a complete team effort you know we're going to have to do what we have to do on defense, but offensively, you know, we're going to have to play well, and on special teams, we're going to have to have an
1: edge. Brett Vegan joining us here on the Montana State Minute. We do this each Wednesday here on ESPN Radio. He is Montana State's head football coach, MSU, heading to Cheney to take on Eastern Washington on Saturday afternoon. And, Coach, I know from your time at North Dakota State, you know how consistency within a program, consistent identity within a program can help breed and also accentuate success. Eastern – I mean, geez, I've been covering these guys for 15 years and they've had multiple head coaches and they still look the same in terms of throwing the ball down the field and and just piling up points like they do, being really fast on defense. So uh, how does consistency and a consistent identity help just a program in general?
2: Well, I think what it does for you is you can go out and play your game every week. Now you make some some subtle tweaks you uh, game plan for an opponent but you're not trying to reinvent yourself every week and i think you have schemes um on both sides of the ball and then you include special teams that your guys trust and believe in and they they know how to do you know the things asked within those schemes um as fast as possible you know i think that's ultimately what the you know consistency breeds and, and you know i think it also helps that um you know from a recruiting perspective you can recruit to uh, a product that's tried and true over time you know I, I think that's what they've been able to do it's apparent especially with the skilled players you know I haven't faced them since 2010 but you know the same ingredients are there uh, from that team the championship that year and um, you know that's like you said is is been held up through a couple coaches and a lot of different players, obviously, and that's that's what we're trying to achieve here—a um, consistent model, a winning model. That uh, from year to year, the players might change a little bit, uh, the coaches might change from here and there, but you know, we we continue to play a winning brand of football because our guys know exactly what they're doing and how to do it.
1: I want to ask you about Isaiah Fonseca. So I know we talked a lot in the preseason and then early in the season too about you know maintaining his health and durability, and it seems like both of those things have occurred. And now here he is one of the leading rushers in the country. So how's he been able to do it and how you guys been able to uh, keep him fresh like you have all season long?
2: Well, I think some of that goes to Isaiah and his, his preparation. You know, he's one of our guys certainly that probably benefited from not, not playing any football games in twenty twenty. He had a lot of Um, wear and tear those first couple years of his career and you know he was able to get stronger and I think from a strength perspective um, I think that's really helped on the on the injury prevention side of things you know and I it was a conscious effort that that we weren't going to wear him out now he's had I think one game with 30 plus carries but those carries have been able to be spread out a little bit more through the first eight games because that was the plan and, and you know here we sit uh, with eight games a bye week and and i think he's uh, in pretty good shape you know to really uh be what we need to him to be down the stretch um you know because he's he's definitely um from a playmaker perspective at the top of the list when you look at our offense and, and we'll need him to go in, in these games as we we get in november and you, you know he's he's one of the best that uh, i believe in in all of this level, and, and we're going to need to have him be at his best uh, if we want to do the things we, we want to do.
1: Well, I know that Eastern Washington's offense gets a ton of headlines, uh, but I've always thought their defense is underrated. I watched them live once this year, thought they were super fast, and, and a couple of guys were really, really physical, particularly number eight, Jack Sendelbach, and uh, number four, Kalen Kreiner. So do you see those guys pop out on film and, and what do you think of just sort of the, the the speedy and explosive nature of their defense? They might not be, you know, like a lot of the stalwart defenses like Weaver State, but it seems like they can force takeaways and they can really run.
2: Yeah, I think that's you hit on the head there. they're a fast defense and they and they don't they don't uh do a ton schematically, but what they do, they do, uh, they do well. They do fast. They disrupt up front. Um, you know, they're not overly big up front, but they're, they're very disruptive. Um, and I think in particular from the inside with, with Jerome and Davis and, and they play, play, punch, play a bunch of guys in there. Um, so we're, we're gonna, have, you know, it starts there for us, you know, our ability to, to be effective on the inside. And then, you know, we got to do, a do a great job on the perimeter, um, whether that's our perimeter blocking or then, our, our ability to make plays in the passing game on the perimeter. And, you know, I think we match up um, well enough, but it's not like, you uh, know, you know, we're looking past these guys as far as their defense goes. This is not just an offensive team. It's a team that has grown defensively. And, and you know, I think there's a, a fair understanding of who they are and what they want to do.
1: Last thing for you then, Coach,
2: it's November
1: 1st, as we talk here today. Amazing that we're already into November, but, uh, last month of the regular season, what do you think when the calendar turns in November and how has the urgency increased for you and your guys?
2: Well, you want to be positioned well going in November. I think that's the first thing, and we've done the things necessary to get us to that point. Now, what do we do with it? And, and you know, you can think all you want uh, about what should happen, what you want to happen in December, but it doesn't happen without a, um, a good November. And, and a good November is obviously when the football games, is continuing to get better as a football team. Um, and that's what we that's what we aim to do. And, and we got a we got a challenging schedule through this month, and and this one in front of us. Um, you know, it is obviously a, a huge. Huge, huge opportunity for us, but you know that's the biggest thing. Is just you know we can't uh, let our sights get beyond where, where we're at right now. Let, let's live in the moment. Let's let's take this one on and, and and give give them our best shot. Play good football, and I think we'll like how that turns out. I I, I think you know this is a football team that we have that's. Is capable of doing some things and, and you know one of the things we can't do is overlook anyone and I, we certainly will aren't doing that with eastern they got our full attention and you know i know guys are excited to get out there and play on saturday
1: montana state minute special edition with brent vegan his number four ranked montana state bobcats head to the inferno to take on eastern washington saturday afternoon in cheney coach we appreciate the time today thanks so much for being with us good luck on saturday
2: all right appreciate it colder go cats
1: Well, time now for our first repeat. Across the sidelines where we profile and interview coaches for the opponents of the Montana football schools. This week, Montana State headed to Cheney, Washington to take on Eastern Washington. The second top ten showdown we've seen on the Inferno this year already in just about the span of a month. So a ton of big games going through Eastern Washington. Very fun. We welcome in now Eastern Washington head coach Aaron Best. And coach, pleasure talking to you again. Now that it's November, what does that mean to you? How does the mindset change when the calendar flips to the last month of the regular season?
4: well you know obviously when you're playing meaningful games this late in the season three games left i mean you've done some good things up to this point uh you know uh, we're we're not uh we're we're we're, we're, uh, we're very accustomed to meaningful games in november late october early november uh into november and so when you have uh when you have good teams place playing good teams on your home field senior day is upon us believe it or not with two row games to follow this one against the bobcats and so a uh, lot a lot of stuff going on but uh like i said there they're, they're there's a lot of teams that wish that they were in Montana State in our shoes playing meaningful games uh, at this time of year, and so we're, we're going to take every advantage of it, prepare uh, like we've done week in and week out, and uh, play, play our best in, in front of our home fans for our last uh, scheduled uh, game on the red this uh, season.
1: Well, talking about uh, your t- team's last outing, uh, speaking of on the red, Weber State comes in, 35-34 victory over Eastern Washington in Cheney. Just take us through the game, Coach, because it seemed like a, a, sort of a strange one. A lot of special teams plays, some fake punts and all that, but at the end of the day, your team's first conference loss going into a bye, but what, what played out in the Weaver State game?
4: Well, you know, a couple things stood out, uh, you know, from, from the standpoint of, of watching it firsthand and then obviously seeing it uh, – you know from a secondhand version film wise multiple times um, you know Coach Hill obviously is a uh, is a monster in the special teams of the world defensive guy as well uh, we knew they were gonna play our best you know or their best against uh, us at home with their backs against the wall obviously coming in two and four uh, was their record obviously they're they're well beyond uh, the two and four record uh, and uh, we knew that going in didn't take them lightly uh, never do anybody but uh, yeah they they steal three possessions on three fake punts uh in the same game I mean it's hard to do in a season uh, let alone a Coaching career, and then they did it in 60 minutes of football. So they exposed this in, a, in in a few situations, and uh, those three punts we end up giving up. Uh, luckily enough, defense kept us in only 13 points off those three fake punts. Uh, one of them right before half, which they scored a, a little bit of a momentum field goal going in, uh, but. All the while giving up three fake punts, extending drives for the defense that just came off the field to put a punt return team on the field. They go back out, so that's also a mental piece as well as a physical piece. Uh, three turnovers on offense, uh, and didn't you know we had six possessions in the third quarter, uh, early fourth quarter that we we garnered zero points and had a time of possession of just over five minutes on offense, and still was an extra point uh, to tie it up with two and change left in the game. So we didn't play our best uh, against a very good good very stout football team uh, defensively they, they threw some looks at us they changed coverage up enough uh, didn't play as much man as they had shown on film and uh, credit to those coaches and those players for executing the, the game plan they put in and uh you know we we in a weird way you look at the stats the stats are stats they don't lie but they don't tell the whole story we rushed out rushed weaver but they outpassed eastern so it was an odd combination an odd day and uh, they scored one more point that's the uh you know that's the name of the game you got to score more than your opponent they came into our house and beat us at our uh field and so. Uh, credit goes
1: to them. Well, what, if any, were the primary points that you pointed at uh, in terms of just cleaning stuff up? Or, or what, what, what sort of improvements do you hope your team made since then, especially with a bye week leading up to this showdown on Saturday?
4: Well, I think situation IQ is always something we stress, whether it's, you know, OD or special teams, you know, when a defense holds and you get in a situation where it's fourth and whatever, and they run punt teams on your defense just came off field, got a small victory. Then your punt return unit comes on, which a couple of those guys are on defense, but not the entire defense, you know, stays out there. They're, they're coming off the field, sit down for a matter of 15 or 20 seconds, and get back on the field. We've got to increase our situational awareness. When you get an opportunity in those incremental plays, you may not play 80 plays a game. Uh, you may play eight, but those eight plays, you gotta you, you gotta stress your situational awareness. We gotta communicate uh, numbers that are that are abnormal in formations uh, and in settings, and you know we've gotta just flat out execute better at the foundational things. Kicking extra points is something that we do week in a week out, and we do a good job of it with a great kicker to boot. We just, you know, those guys are humans too. You know, they do make mistakes and you hope those aren't mistakes, you know, at the end of the game to tie up a game uh, that had a lot of momentum shifts in it. Uh, but uh, we, uh, we we came back after the bye week, got a couple practices in, had a great practice yesterday, uh, energized, and uh, these guys are hungry. And that's what a good team, that's what a mature team does after something that uh, left a bad taste in our mouth after that weaver game. So um, it's a learning experience, not something we wanted to occur uh, but quite possibly needed to occur to kind of re- refocus ourselves and uh, get back uh, to, to do what we do best, and that's playing fast and playing complimentary football.
1: Aaron Best joining us across the sideline where we feature head coaches from around the Big Sky Conference each week here on Nuana's Now. It's ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. And Coach, let's talk about this upcoming matchup. First and foremost, I know I've asked you about him about 50 times now over the last several years, but i got to ask you again about Eric Berrier only because we know now he's the best player in the country, but I just find it so amazing that everybody knows it and he still continues to display lights out football. So what do you thought of just his mentality to be able to handle everybody's best shot, handle that spotlight, and Still go out and, and almost never have a dip on Saturdays.
4: Well, I, I think I think it, it comes with this personality the way he's built I mean he, he's pretty unflappable in a lot of situations so when you when you have quote-unquote pressure situations or uh, big moments or uh, must uh, need points out of drives I mean when you're unflappable those are the guys you lean on so there's times where I'll lean on him say, saying thank you for for the the look of patience uh, the look of confidence uh, the look of you know collectiveness when it's all said and done and so he'll wink at me and say we got this coach uh, so it was, we feed up each other you know and uh, I think that's one of his, his, his main stage. Obviously talent aside, uh talent only goes so far, but his 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 growth has really been in the film room, identifying defenses, seeing defenses and, and seeing the manipulations he sees throughout the game usually they start early. Everybody kind of plays us differently than the other teams that we see on film against the same opponent, uh, because of the fact that we have receivers because we get in certain sets because we have, let's be honest, Eric Berry. So they're trying to do some different things. Jay Hill did some different things, not just defensively, but offensively up tempo. Uh, A lot of teams are trying to steal possessions from our team because of the amount of points and yards that we have occurred through eight games. And so, um, and Eric Berry is the, the biggest part of that, um, asset that we have on offense. And, And I think our team, uh, Inevitably feeds off that. Our defense loves us to play fast and score points. Our special teams is excited to uh, you know get on the field and kick off and, and hit extra points. And so uh, Eric Berry is, is second to none. And uh, we've uh, we've got a long list of quarterbacks that have played really really good ball here for a long period of time. Um, and he's uh, he's up there with him I'm not going to rank him, but I'll tell you what he is he is one of my favorites. Uh, just watching him do his thing on Saturdays, uh, he is fun to watch, fun to coach, and I'm 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 proud uh, to know him and be part of his journey through these six years.
1: Well, no question. He's definitely one of the most fun players we've ever covered, both Skyline Sports and ESPN Missoula. It's unbelievable to watch him. It's almost like must-see TV. We turn on the stream where I always make sure to at least re-watch it afterwards because he's just so fun to watch. Coach, let's talk about the Montana State defense uh, against your offense. Montana State's been very good uh, up front. They've been very good throughout their, their defense, quite frankly. Uh, but the pass rush been particularly good, and their ability to stop the run been particularly good. So what do you think of just the matchup uh, with the Bobcat defense when Eastern Washington has the ball?
4: Well, I mean, you said the top two things. Their pass rush is good and they stop the run. So what else do you need to do on defense to be great, right? Um, (laughs) And what they do is they cause turnovers on top of those first two things you mentioned. Uh, They're plus 12 uh, in the turnover margin. I don't know where it sets that uh, nationally, but I know that's number one in the big sky. So they don't give the ball up offensively. Uh, They take the ball away defensively, and a lot of that is because they force you to pass the ball because they stop the run. And when you do pass the ball, uh, they're exotic in their looks, especially on third uh, down situations and they confuse offensive lines and, uh, it helps on top of the scheme, on top of the passion, on top of the emotion they play with. They they got some pretty damn good players, uh, and one of them in particular has been around a long time. Troy Anderson, that's played I don't know how many positions you can play in football, 25, including kicker, punter, and long snapper. He's probably played 21 of them. 2018 he played D and a quarterback in the same game. I don't know if that's ever happened at the collegiate experience <laughs> right. ever, but uh, I saw I, uh, firsthand, and I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be surprised if if Coach Vegan puts him in the in the uh, the the saddle of quarterback in a must have it situation, even though McKay's played really well up to this point you're gonna lean on your guys in uh, in tough moments he's shown that he's done it he's resilient he's one of the better football players in the country um, and then obviously mr. Hardy uh, you always got to be aware of him they move him around they give him series off to get re-energized reload he he is a he is the best pure pass rusher I've seen on film in this league in a long time. Um, There's been some good ones and, uh, you know, Trish and Taylor and I talked this week uh, a lot about kind of the guys that rushed the passer well before he got here. Uh, Those those Zach Nash's, uh, uh, those you know, uh, I'm trying to think the, uh, the the Bushes of the world, um, the Holmeses of the world. I mean, those guys were almost week in and week out back in the day in the big sky, which I'm sure you're, you're well aware of. And uh, Daniel Hardy, is a, uh, he, he's a very, very, very polished player. He makes a lot of plays. He plays with high emotion. He plays on special teams. So don't, he doesn't come up the field very much. But when he does, they're giving him rest so he can go out and do what he does best, and that's make life miserable for offensive tackles, uh, running backs, and quarterbacks. And so uh, it's fun to watch when you're giving up less than 10. 10- points a game uh you you must respect uh the work that they've done up to this point through eight games
1: well no doubt you mentioned tristan taylor i know that uh, i love talking about offensive linemen i know you're a former offensive lineman what sort of steadiness do you think he brings your group up front how important is that to what you guys do offensively
4: you no, know, I, I, I hate to compare, but I think personality-wise, he's a little bit like Eric. N- nothing really gets him too high. Nothing really gets him too low. He's a fierce competitor, even though he may not play as emotional or as abstract as some of the, you know, the the, the players that we may have on our team. Um, he he studies a game. He's a first in here on Monday morning uh, on days off, and uh, he's watching the previous game. He's watching, you know, sequences. He's watching situations. He's not just a fan of the game. He knows. He's watching specific situations, uh, and the best do that. You know, they, they don't watch necessarily just first down. They watch P and 10. Uh, they don't necessarily watch second down. They watch red zone second downs. Um, they're They're trying to create an edge. And so having a guy, you know, like Tristan, been around here for a long time, You know, in his seventh fall, he's played a lot of ball, uh, and this is one of the the best challenges he'll have in his career, no matter if it's FBS or FCS. So um, big players make big plays in big games. That's what Mike Kramer said a long time ago when I was a a freshman. I didn't didn't really realize that because I wasn't a – a big players, so I didn't know what those were, uh, so I didn't make you big plays, but I'll tell you what, it, it's true in these games, and it's going to be an ebb and flow piece. You're not going to have your way all the time because you're facing someone playing a play out that that's up to the challenge, and so it should be a fun one. Uh, it may come down to last possession. Uh, Montana State's a team that will not beat themselves. That's what I do know, and so those are the scariest teams, uh, no matter if you're home or away.
1: Eric well, Best joining us here on Nuances Now, ESPN Radio. It's Across the Sideline, presented by Mike Nugent, Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate. In the market to buy or sell, no matter what, it's a complicated real estate market. Give Mike Nugent and his associates a call at Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate, your local real estate experts. Coach, let's talk about the other side of the ball quickly. Um, what have you thought of your defense so far? And I, I was so impressed when I watched you a month ago against Montana. I thought, in particular, Jack Settlebach and Kalen Kreiner play with their hair absolutely on fire. They ran to the ball so, so well, and it was impressive to watch but what have you thought of your your defense so far and how does that match up with the montana state team that here we are once again leading the league in rushing
4: well a, a, again it's 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 going to be a huge test i mean I, I think for a better part of five weeks in a row now we faced a run first outfit on defense you know from the opposing offense so uh here you go with a with a more more mobile quarterback than the weaver state um you know situation we had two weeks ago um obviously you know <laughs> you know mckay's done a good job keeping the ball uh, possessed by their offense and not making bad or weird decisions. Uh, he does pull the ball. He does stretch defense. So you got to count for the quarterback. Uh, and, and obviously they lead the league in rushing for a reason. They're committed to the, to the run. Uh, they're going to, they're going to have multiple sets out of, uh, out of the, the uh, situations in run situations. You know, Alfonso is a guy that's towed the ball a lot. He's a guy you can give the ball 20, 25 times to, uh, and he only gets better with carries. Uh, Elijah Elliott's a backup. They'll, they'll splash him in the quarterback. Obviously can go for hundred at any point. Uh, if given the opportunity, and so this is the, we've got to play gap sound. Uh, we've got to tackle people. We've got to recognize uh, certain specific situations if 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 the opportunity presents itself. And so uh, we've got to make big plays. We got to keep them behind the sticks. We have got to make them uncomfortable by throwing the ball, which is what they don't want to do a ton of. But we've got to establish you know, the front seven, we've got to establish a run stout stopping defense to be able to put them in those second and longs and, and third mediums to longs. And so uh, it, it's going to be a huge challenge. And so uh, any run first outfit naturally sets up the action pass or the RPO. Uh, once you start getting safeties and backers closer to the line of scrimmage. So the better we stop the run, the better chance we have uh, to kind of sit back and let things play out in front of us.
1: Eastern Washington hosts number four, Montana State, Saturday at the Inferno, Cheney, Washington. Look forward to being there. Coach, last thing for you, if Eastern Washington is to come out with a win in this one, what do you think the keys to victory will be for the Eagles?
4: Well, we've got to be on the plus side of the turnover margin. Uh we've got a we we have got a you know, I'd like to see game changing play in special teams. You know, whether that's cost turnover on one of our cover units or a big return uh in the punt return or kick return department. Um and then I, I'd like to see us establish some some balance of consistency on offense as far as the uh uh you know the the tempo that we play at. And, and three and outs are gonna happen, but when you put when you string three or four or five together, uh that becomes an issue. And if we can do that we could play complimentary football, uh forcing them on defense to throw the ball in situations where they don't want to those play out victorious for us and so uh, we've got to play sound football the number one key is the plus side of the turnover margin they expect to get it Uh, we expect not to give it up so it's going to be a tussle back and forth for 60 minutes
1: across the sideline Aaron Best Eastern Washington head coach thanks so much for spending so much time with us today coach we appreciate it and look forward to seeing you on Saturday best of luck
4: thanks coach I appreciate it
1: Well, happy now. Welcome into Nuanas Now for our Around the Big Sky weekly segment. A guy that is having an outstanding senior year. He's Eastern Washington's quarterback, Eric Berrier. And Eric, thanks so much for taking some time. I know it's a busy time of year for you and all your teammates. How you doing?
6: I'm doing good, and thank you for having me on the show.
1: Of course, man. A pleasure having you. I uh, actually remember covering your very first start. I actually remember when you first came into the game uh, it, back in, I guess it would have been 2018 when Gage Gruber first got hurt and then we were there in Cheney the next week to watch your first start as well and uh, it's been awesome to watch you grow. Uh, but let's talk just about this here and now, first and foremost. Eastern Washington, 7-1, and number 5 in the country, coming off a bye week with Montana State coming to town. I know you guys had a little, uh, stub your toe a little bit there against Weber State, 35-34 going into the bye week, but what do you think just of the status of your season right now at Eastern Washington. What have you liked about the way you guys have taken care of business so far?
6: Uh, I think um, we've taken care of business really well. Um, You know, we set out our season goals and stuff like that, and a couple was to play play on the road like we do at at home, and I think we showed that early on in the season, and then we um, had a couple... Challenges early on in the season, like with UNLV, how they came back late in the game and then how we overcame that in overtime. So, you know, I just think throughout the season, we just have been going through challenges, which prepared us um, where we at now. And now, you know, we in a a good spot, Um, about to play a good Montana State team and, you know, got the playoffs and all that stuff all up in the air, you know, as long as we take care of business.
1: Well, talk about that opening of the season. It was fun watching you guys play down in Vegas. Uh, but what do you think were the key factors, and uh, what was the emotions like coming out of that game when you guys did go down to Vegas and, and defeat UNLV?
6: Uh, um, it was, you know, it was good, you know, because, you know, we we knew we can win. We knew we could hang with them guys. It was just a matter of just executing. And, you know, um, throughout the game, you know, there's a lot of uh, highs and lows because I feel like at times we probably could have scored or we had missed opportunities, but you know, we still stuck through stuff. And then, you know, even when they came back um, towards the end and we went to overtime, you know, we still showed fight still, still showed grit. And, you know, that stuff didn't phase us. And it, both um overtime plays, we scored on offense and defense did the rest with that stop at the end.
1: I was in Cheney to watch you guys against the Grizzlies, and uh, what a great game that was. ESPN 2, under the lights, super fun atmosphere, and uh, you guys were struggling a little bit the first three quarters to get it going on offense. I mean, I guess struggling to convert because you guys actually had it rolling on offense. A couple huge plays up the seam to Tololo Limu jones but trailing, 21-10 going into the fourth quarter, and you guys do what you do and explode it offensively. So what was the turning point in, the Mo- in that Montana game? How were you able to dominate the fourth quarter offensively like you did and come away with that 34-28 victory?
6: goes credit to the defense you know defense um kept giving us opportunities you know they kept the game close you know even though we were struggling early on defense know like it just takes a couple plays for us as an offense to get it going so you know they did their job and once the fourth quarter came you know we saw as an offense that we needed to buckle down and it was time to uh, make something happen
1: Eric Berry joining us. He's Eastern Washington's senior quarterback. The Eagles host Montana State on Saturday. Let's talk about that element, Eric. I know that you guys have no control over the scheduling, but for you, it must be pretty cool to get to play some of these primetime games at home. You had Montana come to town, you had Weber come to town, and now you got Montana State coming to town. So what do you think of these opportunities to play your last couple regular season games on the red against some of the best teams in the country?
6: Uh, I think I, I love it. You know, you don't get opportunities like this often you know so and Mm as a as a team and me as a person I always want to play the best competition you know so and to be the best you got to beat the best so you know I'm all for it and I think these um, games help us in the long run.
1: How would you describe just what Eastern Washington does offensively? I think that it's fascinating for me because I've covered the league for 15 years, and each quarterback, each receiving core has a different style, but seems like the goals and the identity have remained the same. And you know, throw the ball down the field, make plays, have confidence, you know, have swagger. So, how does that cater to just your personality, the way, the way you play football, and, and how would you just describe the what the way you guys operate offensively?
6: I just think it comes down to the person, you know. Like, every, every person has their own identity, but we are similar in the way we, we are. Like, I feel like every quarterback in the past, they love to throw the ball, spread the ball around, and they love winning. And that's the same thing I like, like to do, too. And then just as an offense, we're going to always get players. We're going to always get skillful players on the outside, all that running back. So, you know, when they come in, we just got to make it gel. And then once it gets rolling, that's when it's unstoppable.
1: I know that there's been so many great receivers at Eastern, but Talolulumu Jones just seems different. Not not that he's necessarily better. He's just a different type of guy. I mean, he's I know he's played some tight end. He's big, but he's way faster than I think you think he is. So what kind of weapon do you think he provides for your offense?
6: He's a he's a tremendous player. You know he he can do it all. He like how you said like you might not think he got the speed, but once he starts running and open up that stride, he next thing you know he just buy you. So like he he got great routes. He can catch. He can do it all. You know he can play the inside. He can play out. Just like how you mentioned like early on, he came in as a tight end too. So you never know what we, You never you never really know what he can do when he got the ball in his hand.
1: I know you've had several different offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches and all that. And I think that sometimes there's a, a perception that maybe that holds you back or, or maybe that's a difficult thing. But I think sometimes if you embrace it, it actually makes your skill set, you know, the tools in your tool belt, so to speak, even more diverse. So how have you benefited from from having a lot of different influences from an, an offensive coaching perspective?
6: Uh, I've benefited a lot, you know, um, early on, like All the coaches, like Coach Taylor, you know, I just saw how he operated with Gage and and stuff like that. Then with Coach Reeder. I saw, you know, me and him taking time, getting to know each other, talking and stuff. And then just now with Coach Hsu, you know, everything, it took time early on, but now it's everything is starting to gel. Start so I think me personally alone, you take information from um, everybody, you know, and try to apply it to your game. That's what kind of helps you in the long run. You know, you can't stubborn to information because it's a lot of good information out there. You just got to apply it.
1: Eric Berrier joining us here on Nuanas Now. ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television, one of the best games in the country takes place in Cheney, Washington on Saturday afternoon as the Eagles host Montana State. Number fourth ranked Bobcats versus the number fifth ranked Eagles should be a phenomenal one. Eric, it's so funny because this rivalry has some of the craziest games that the Big Sky has seen. I remember a, a 52-51 in Bozeman in which Cooper Cup got a two-point conversion to win. There was the 55-50 game in which Montana State had like 750 yards of total offense and they still lost because it seemed like Eastern scored on every single play. But I know those are a little bit before your time. Uh, you guys have had your way with Montana State during your career at Eastern Washington. So, what's your perception of the Bobcats and what do you think with them coming to town?
6: Uh, Montana, they're they're a great team. You know, I personally haven't had the chance to play them yet, but, you know, just from watching them and then just being in that game, uh, just seeing the game on the sidelines in 2018 and, you know, throughout the years. You know, they're a great team. They play hard, really physical, and, you know, you always got to be prepared when you about to play the Bobcat.
1: When you're preparing for this, when you watch them on defense, what stands out?
6: Oh, they fly around the ball. You know they got good D line. You know I like 44. He's a great player. I like 15. You know Troy. He's a great player. They got a lot of great players on the team. You know, so you know they execute well. They know they know the assignments. They know what they're doing, and that's what makes it tough going against the defense. Uh,
1: For you individually, what were some of your goals coming into your senior year, and how has the pursuit of those goals gone for you so far?
6: Uh, it's, it's going good, you know all my goals is still attainable you know um some of the stuff that i I have earned throughout the season you know was unexpected, but um you know all my goals are still attainable, but my main goal at the at the at throughout all my goals my main goal is to win the championship that's my main goal
1: has that been something that's been in your mind since you since you went to Frisco uh, back a few years ago
6: yeah. That's That's been my main focus, you know. I feel like even just Eastern as a program, I feel like we always been close. Or, you know, since 2010, we've been close. But we just can't never get over that hump. So I think it's it's just time to finally get over that hump.
1: Eric Berry joining us here on Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. A couple more things for you, Eric. First of all, when I was watching the replay of the Montana game, even though I've watched you live probably 10 times, I never realized that you sometimes throw the ball without the laces. How did you learn how to do that and how do you make it happen? Because it seems like that's a very unorthodox style, but you spin it, man.
6: Oh, yeah. No, I've been throwing without the laces since I was a kid. Um, you know, like, I played baseball first, so I, I don't know. Then once I picked up a football, uh, I kind of, as a, early on, I kind of taught myself how to throw. I just never switched. Uh, I just never got taught throwing with laces. And then, like, once, like, later on in my career, my coach and stuff, like, tried to tell me to throw with laces, but it just didn't work out for me. So I've just been throwing without laces ever since.
1: I didn't realize you were a baseball player. what position did you play in baseball?
6: I play like shortstop, um, outfield, second base.
1: Well, that's interesting. I know that there's been some comparisons, uh, obviously, a little bit low hanging fruit with you being in Washington and Russell Wilson being a Seattle Seahawks guy, but he was also a great baseball player as well. But um, from a, a pro perspective, do you watch the NFL? And if so, who do you look up to? Who do you try to maybe uh, mimic or, or emulate as a quarterback? I watch
6: the NFL. I honestly, I like Aaron Rodgers. That's probably my favorite quarterback right now, Aaron Rodgers. I like Kyler Murray a little bit. But, I mean, they all, I feel like the game is so different now. You know, everybody got their own throwing styles, different things like that. So, you know, when I see different things, I see a move. I might try to try it or do something. But I just try to read the game and just try to read the game through their eyes and just like to read and stuff and try to put that in my game.
1: Is playing at the next level a goal and aspiration of yours?
6: Yeah, that's my main, that's one of my goals.
1: I think that it's it's been awesome to watch because it used to be that, you know, if you weren't 6'4", there was going to be a very small chance. But now you look at the NFL, you look at the CFL. Man, I mean, a lot of the best quarterbacks in the league are the guys that are your size. I mean, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray and, you know, I guess Mahomes is a little bit taller, but not really. I mean, there, there's a lot of guys that maybe aren't that prototype 6'5 guy, but they're really ripping it up. And I think that that's a testament to the evolution of the game. But what do you think of the way the game has evolved? Because it seems like, you know, height and all that stuff has never been anything that's held you back.
6: I feel like the game is changing, like at the right time for me personally. You know, with the quarterbacks and everything, so it's not like about the size. This is just more about the player and just about teams giving that player an opportunity. So, you know, I love it because I love seeing people. Uh, I love seeing quarterbacks, especially on the size, prove people wrong and people saying, "Oh, they can't do this and that." When you got quarterbacks like Colin Murray, you got all these other quarterbacks that's going out there every Sunday, proving people wrong.
1: He's Eric Berry, his Eastern Washington Eagles host, Montana State, on Saturday afternoon in Cheney. Eric, I know it's a busy time of year. True pleasure. Been watching you, and uh, best of luck on Saturday. Hopefully we'll get to cover you several more times throughout the rest of this senior season of yours. But in the meantime, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, best of luck with the rest of the week.
6: Thank you. Have a nice day.
1: Big Sky Breakdown rolls on. Big week of Big Sky Breakdowns here at Skyline Sports. Very fun to highlight one of the best matchups not only in the league so far this year, but one of the best matchups in the country. Montana State, the number four team in the nation, travels to Eastern Washington for the number five team in the country for a big-time Big Sky Conference showdown. Welcome in now, Jack Settleby. He's the inside linebacker for the Eastern Washington Eagles. Where's number eight? Anybody from the state of Montana that watched the Eastern Grizz game, they noticed this guy right away because he was flying around. Jack, thanks so much for taking some time for us, man. How you doing?
8: I'm doing good. How you
1: doing? Good, good. First and foremost, let's talk just about the arc of your senior year so far. What have you thought of the way that you guys have been playing? I know that a tough one against Weaver State going into your bye week two weeks ago, but overall, you guys top five team in the country. You had a seven-game winning streak. The offense is scoring a ton of points. The defense is flying around. So what's your evaluation of how uh, this, things have gone so far here in 2021 for the Eagles?
8: You know, obviously, we got off to a start that um, we knew that we were uh, capable of doing and, um, you know, starting out those first seven games strong. Um, obviously, you talked about that Weaver game two weeks ago at this point already. Um, you know, just sometimes stuff like that happens. And uh, But as a whole, I would say, you know, I'm really proud of how this team's doing. And um, I think we're just c- coming together every week.
1: How would you define just the style at Eastern Washington defensively? I love the way you guys play, love the speed that you have, and I think it is a very modern, so to speak, uh, defensive philosophy. But how would you describe just what you guys do defensively?
8: Yeah, I would say we just play, we pride ourselves on just flying around um, that's the biggest thing is always you know measuring yourself how far are you from the ball by the end of the play uh, when all 11 of the guys on the field take that personally and um, you know like you said we, we do a very modern defense we like the way we do it. the scheme we run is you know a lot of fun for everyone on the field and um, I think the biggest thing is just making sure that uh, we clean up little things but you know I'd say I just love it
1: I wanted to ask you about the Montana game uh, from earlier this year. I was there in Cheney, watching It It was an awesome game. What a rally by you guys. The offense caught fire in the fourth quarter. But seemed like defensively you guys were raring to go. I thought you and Kalen Kreiner both played outstanding, looking like absolutely first-team all-conference players. But I know you guys love when the Grizz come to town, love when the Bobcats come to town. So what's sort of the attitude against the Montana schools and, and just take us through that game against Montana earlier this year?
8: well you you kind of alluded to it like just the, the energy with both montana schools and eastern it's just it's a rivalry built on success and you know we, regardless if we're playing in montana for either school or they're playing in cheney it's just a lot of fun um i've played at both montana schools um and like i said the energy is just it's one of the best i've even played even in fbs schools um but like you know think about that montana game obviously there was a lot of you know goods and glamour surrounding it with the espn2 and everything so i thought that was really cool for the exposure just for fcs too and not only cheney um but you know was just a lot of fun there was a lot of things and you know the game ended up going our way but there was a lot of good stuff that montana did and um you know all three phases of our team really pulled through you think about that block kick by Soli um you know starting the third quarter that totally turned things around and um you know next thing you know we won a game so it was was a fun game
1: what first drew you to eastern washington i know your guys from seattle and uh, there's a lot of guys from washington that go to eastern washington but what do you remember about when you first got recruited there and and what was sort of the selling points and, and how have you enjoyed your time in cheney
8: yeah, well, it's been a long time in Genie, for sure, but I've definitely enjoyed every every year of it. Um, when I was in high school, I had someone I played uh, with in high school day who went to Eastern uh, Andre Lino, and so he was kind of giving me like the the real the real spiel of it all, was no sugarcoated or anything. But even when I got on campus, um, the coaching staff even at the time was you know just super honest, and um, I felt like it was just sort of a family connection. And you know, obviously they had a lot of great players, and they had a lot of success even back in 2015 when I was being recruited. Um, but it was just a lot of fun. I felt felt natural when I got campus and even my first fall camp, you know, what they say and what they tell you on the official visit is just like what you get um, when you actually start playing.
1: From a school perspective, I'm looking at your bio right now and you got academic all everything all throughout this thing. So where are you at with school? Are you getting a master's <laughs> degree right now?
8: I am getting my master's degree, and believe it or not, I'm actually pretty much done with that, too, Um, with COVID and everything, in this, like, seventh fall, um, my program was only two years, and I graduated with my undergrad on time, so those six years flew by, and uh, I'm pretty much just playing football at this point, just for this last quarter.
1: What do you think of that opportunity? Because I think this is actually awesome. I mean, I know nobody, the COVID thing sucked. It was terrible for everything, everybody, but, man, I mean, you're going to be getting a master's degree while you're on an athletic scholarship. That's pretty sweet.
8: Yeah, and it's definitely one of those things where when you start college, you never expect it to happen, a a once-in-century pandemic to hit. And, you know, there's a lot of bad things, but one of the silver linings was I was able to get that, you know, get that thing paid for, and I was able to be around my team and and do something special. So you had to find the, the positives within all the negatives, but, you know, obviously looking back, that was something that I find that was, you know, very beneficial.
1: You were recruited by Bo Baldwin and uh, now and been, been here for all of Aaron Best's time as well. So just compare and contrast. What's the program transition been like going from Coach Baldwin now to Coach Best?
8: You know, I, I would say it's actually been pretty smooth. I think smoother than people think. Um, obviously, I think a lot of the identity of Eastern stayed the same. and I think that was one of Best's biggest points was, you know, we know we're a high-flying powered offense, but we got to just bring... That sort of tempo to all three phases of the game, um, and I think we, we we added a little more of the run game. I think with coach, um, obviously, Coach B loves slinging the ball around. Um, but I think in terms of just you know procedure and you know, how we treat the offseason and um, just sort of team themes and just general stuff, I, I would say actually transitioned pretty well.
1: Playing defense in Eastern Washington, because Eastern's offense is so prolific, it actually probably provides a little bit of a challenge just because you never know when Eric Berry is going to hit Tololo Limo Jones for a 65-yard touchdown. You guys have been on the sideline for one play. Bam, now you're back on defense. From your perspective, playing defense when you have an offense like Eastern's has been so consistently over the last 20 years, you know, what's that like?
8: You know, it's definitely – it, I think you take it for granted a lot of times. I think, you know, when I was younger and we watched the Cooper Cups for the world and the Gage Cabrudes and the Shaq Hills and the Kendrick Borens, you know, I'm sitting there on special teams and I'm thinking like, oh, we know we're going to score. You know, it's just one of those things. And, you know, obviously like every offense, sometimes they stall out or they have a turnover. And I think it's been a journey for the defense that over time, thinking, hey, we can take over this game by ourselves. Um, don't let, the, don't hold so much on the offense because you know they're going to do their thing. I mean, you even saw in the Montana game, uh, you know, they had their struggles around, but they found their win late in the game. And we just knew we had. To keep them in the game that was the biggest thing and um so you know at this point you see what eric is doing and and you can get lost in the 10 touchdowns it feels like every game and all that stuff but you know you just got to make sure that hey they're human too they're going to do stuff that might be uncharacteristic at times and we just got to have their back
1: well, I've covered the league now for 15 years, and I never forget the first time I saw Cooper Cup, and uh, I I immediately told Dave Cooks, former sports information director from Eastern, hey, yeah, get me in touch with that guy. I want to do a story on him when he was a freshman, and I think we ended up writing <laughs> about 15 stories on him by the time it was all said and done. But every Sunday, I'm watching the Rams. I just think it's so cool that this guy played in the Big Sky Conference. I think it's so cool that you know I got to know this guy when he was a young guy. But that must be accentuated so much for you guys that actually know him that are actually his former teammates that are actually his buddies so uh i mean just how cool is it watching not only cooper cup but kendrick bourne samson Ebukam? there's a lot of eastern guys in the league right now that are not just in the league but making plays
8: yeah i mean it's, not only did we know we were, they were capable of that that production in the nfl but just knowing them like you said it's pretty awesome and you think about someone like Samson Ebukam. like, you know, he was a mentor of mine. I, when I came in, I was originally a linebacker in high school, but I played the end, believe it or not, my first two years. And uh, he was that guy that kind of led the group, and he put, he put me under his wing, even though I wasn't very good at the end. And you know, he told me to go make plays on special teams, because he's just one of those guys, you know what I'm saying? He, he's vocal. He does all the right things. And, you know, especially just seeing him, because he, he's someone, you know, you get the Cooper Cup and the Kendrick Barnes are the touchdown guys. But Samson's one of those guys that kind of flies under the radar. And um, just seeing all that stuff, I, I mean, like you said, knowing him personally, I think pretty
1: sweet well let's talk about this weekend's game then when you look at montana state offensively what sort of challenge do you think the bobcats provide and what do you guys gear up to try to slow down here on saturday and Cheney?
8: yeah i think they run the ball really well and i think they do a really good job of, of creating play action opportunities and um you know they have a whole staple of backs and their O line is experienced, and they and they work really well with each other and their quarterback is a very good athlete um and they bring in the wildcat guy sometimes too and so you know we know that they have their own sort of flavor of the week and um, they have their own sort of identity, and you know the best thing to do is you know stay stick to our game plan, but understand what you, you know what they're going to do. And um, I think it's going to be a great challenge. You know, you think about all the previous games in the past, and you know how much fun those games have been. I think it's going to be nothing short of that.
1: Well, Jack, we appreciate you taking the time today. Good catching up with you, and uh, we'll be heading on over to Cheney to to cover the game on Saturday. In the meantime, best of luck this week, and uh, best of luck on Saturday. Thanks so much for being with us.
8: Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: Big Sky Breakdown rolls on. We're joined now by Montana State offensive lineman, Lewis Kidd. A guy that has an awesome story and a guy that's been really fun to cover. Lewis, thanks so much for being with us today, man. How you doing?
0: I'm doing great, yeah. Thank you for having me.
1: First and foremost, let's talk about just broadly uh, this last l- little while, because it's been a, a strange year for everybody, but also accentuated by the fact that you guys have had a new coaching staff and uh, a new head coach in Brent Vegan. I know we talked in the preseason about some of these uh, transitions, but now here you are, 7-1, number four in the country, rolling right along. It's November. So how you guys feeling as a team? And uh, I mean, it seems as if, all things considered, the coaching change has gone pretty good for you guys.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, the transition has gone well. Um, not that we expected to do it poorly. You know, Coach Vegan came in and he, was, he told us right away he wasn't going to come in and make waves. And, you know, he held his, held his word, which was awesome. And, you know, we made a few additions. And, um, you know, I think he just did a great job with the transition and kind of coming in and learning and seeing what we're all about and getting to see what he's all about. Uh, I think that helped for sure, but it feels good to be where we're at. We are, we're positioned well, but um, that's kind of been the message. You know, we're in a good position, but season's not over. Uh, we haven't arrived at anything. We've got three of our biggest games coming up here. Um, so, you know, we're just trying to take it one week at a time, and we're we're, we're basically taking it like we're 0-0 zero zero right now. We've got to go out and go 3-0 for this last part of the season.
1: Talk to us about your uh, transition. Uh, it's funny because Ty Gregorak is a good friend of mine and, and now a guy that contributes on this podcast quite a bit. He and I, when you first got recruited, I, I was telling him when I first saw you, I said, man, that guy looks like a pretty good left tackle. I know you are playing a little defensive line back then, <laughs> but it took you five or six years to get all the way out to that blind side spot. But uh, just take us through the right. progression because it seems like even though you, it did take now to your senior year to start playing some left tackle, you probably learned a lot of skills playing defensive line and playing offensive guard and, and that translates to the than being one of the better tackles in the
0: league? 100%. You know, I think um, my path has just kind of helped me and where I needed, where I was going to end up. And, um, you know, I think I was probably the only one when I came here that thought I was going to play D-line for the long term. Um, yeah, right. I think all the coaches and all the players kind of knew eventually I'd move over and it only lasted a semester. So, um, you know, moving to O-line was awesome. Uh, it was a little weird because, you know, I hadn't played O-line in a while, but, you know, I enjoyed it between – coach t and coach army these past couple years learned so much and uh you know obviously having like coach someone like coach potter um in the building being able to pick his brain and stuff like that uh you know starting out at guard it was a lot of fun and i really enjoyed guard played both spots and got to learn a lot interior i think that kind of helped me being next to centers uh looking at fronts knowing the calls stuff like that uh logistically wise and then you know bumping out to right tackle and playing a little bit of that over the years and then obviously uh with the transition going through and bumping over to left, it was something that, not, not that I was worried about, but something I knew was going to be a challenge, and I was excited to kind of attack it um, and just give it my all. And uh, I was actually talking to somebody today. is like, I feel like I'm really kind of settling in, and I don't feel like I'm second-guessing. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's not a huge difference what's going on, but I really do enjoy the, the left tackle position, and I, you know, I'm trying to just get better at it every day
1: i only ever, as a former offensive lineman, I've only ever played on the inside, never played on the outside. I wasn't tall enough. So what's the biggest difference, <laughs> though? I mean, what, what are the challenges just in terms of the fundamentals of the position?
0: Yeah, you know, I think, um, for example, you know, there was times when I was playing guard and specifically like, you know, pass pro and stuff where, you know, you could, you know, theoretically you're kind of getting beat on a pass pro and have time to recover and, you know, that D D-line, that lineman's got a, or one other guy on each side of you, so you have some time punch if you uh you know misstep or anything like that being sound especially when you when you know you're on a lot there's a lot of solo blocks um out at tackle so when you're on an island out there uh, it's a little nerve-wracking but you know when you it's it's a great feeling when you get out there and you can lock somebody down and just keep the pocket open for our cues
1: One of the things that I find fascinating that maybe uh, the fans and the observers don't really consider, you know, we were talking before we got started about just the eating that goes into all of this. You know, you got to pound food to be able to weigh as much as you need to to play on the offensive line. So what's that journey been like for you? How have you been able to maintain your weight? And, you know, what's like just an average day in Lewis kids life look like when you're planning all your meals out?
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's been like one of the best things and also one of the worst things at times. One of the worst when you're light and you have to just eat and eat and eat. You know, as a freshman, when I came in, I was 265, 255, 260. So, you know, as a D lineman, that was acceptable. And then um, I remember I went home for Christmas break and I came back at like 285 because they had told me right before I left that I was going to switch to O-line. So I was like, well, I got to put on weight. So. Eating a bunch, um, and it, it sucked for a while. It made me really not enjoy eating, and that's something that I enjoy now and had enjoyed in the past. But once, you know, you kind of get into that range, um, and especially for me, I had some time to just kind of put that on slowly and not have to worry about it. So. As far as planning for me, you know, I'm not super busy with school right now. I'm doing some research and stuff, finishing up my master's. But um, it's nice because I can just go in from practice, grab some breakfast, kind of hang out, do some recovery. Um, I recently moved, so we're like four minutes away from the field house. So um, I can just drive back home, you know, cook some food. I can stop by and get some stuff for lunch, whatever it is. And, yeah, that's just, just constantly eating. You know, they've done a great job of feeding us this year, uh, which has also been super helpful. So, really, just any chance you get. You know, if you're hungry, it's kind of too late. So, you just always kind of got to be snacking and always have a bunch of, you know, chips and snacks. And that's the other nice thing is, like, some guys got to gain weight. You know, like, if you're a skill position, you got to gain weight, whatever. But it's got to be somewhat healthy weight. Whereas, an O-lineman, you can kind of just pack on a few extra pounds and nobody's going to bat an eye. So, you know, had some McDonald's runs, some Taco Bell runs that have been helpful, uh, you know, stuff like that. You don't ha- really have to necessarily worry about, especially when you're trying to put on the weight. So,
1: do, do you ever, I know that you want to play football as long as you can, but do you ever think about uh, just the journey afterwards? I know that there's been some guys, like, uh, some of your former teammates, I mean, shoot, Alex Deal looks like a little skinny mini now. He's got all ripped up. There's some guys yeah. that have lost a lot of weight. So do you ever th- yeah. consider that part, Just just the post-career, what that's going to be like?
0: Yeah, you know, I've thought about it, and just the biggest thing I've thought about is how I'm literally just going to have to get rid of all my clothes, basically, on nothing's going to fit me anymore. Right. Um, status part. But, no, you know, I was just like, you know, I see guys like Alex and, um, you know, Mitch Bratz, another guy who was big dude and now he's like 225 and he's almost unrecognizable a little bit and i'm like you know that's crazy that someday i'm gonna not have to be 320 pounds you know because that's just for the past six years that's kind of just been what it is so yeah you know thinking about that is you know obviously you set goals and stuff like that and there's kind of a running joke he's like either lose 50 as an alignment or gain 50 after you're done with football so um my goal is to be on the lose 50 of that
1: <laughs> no question what do you get your master's degree in
0: uh curriculum and instruction so it's an education masters um the reason I chose that is because I was able to apply in the spring and I could get it done in a year so um I took credits in the spring the summer and this fall and I should be graduating here in December soon
1: Coaching in your future maybe?
0: Yeah, you know, I've got a coaching minor so the, that that helps and we'll kind of see where it goes, where it takes, obviously, like, you know, and I've said before, I want to continue to play and be involved in football for as long as I can. So play and see all that, where that takes me. And then, you know, we'll see where coaching takes me potentially after.
1: Well, on a personal level, what's it been like being in Bozeman? I know that uh, you got your family back in Minneapolis. I know your mom's gone through some stuff as well, but just being apart uh, from your family, but also just growing into your own man, what's that journey been like? And I'm sure you always think about your family, particularly your mom as you've, you've navigated this, this uh, last five or six years.
0: Yeah, you know, it's that was the toughest, probably one of the toughest transitions as a freshman was just um, being away from family, especially for me. I'm a, you know, family's pretty close to me, and, um, you know, we all live within a few minutes of each other, so that was really weird being out here and being away from all that, but, you know, just kind of learning to be on my own, learning to... Kind of develop new relationships. I've built so many awesome relationships out here family, friends, and all that stuff. And people I can text or call and go to their house for a home cooked meal or go to their place for Thanksgiving or Christmas if we're you know what I mean? Whatever it is. So I'm um, really blessed with how many great people I've been able to meet and build relationships with. Um, but, you know, my family's done an awesome job of just supporting me and being there for me. You know, we call, we talk all the time. My parents, my sisters, my brothers, um, you know, my fiance, her family, all that stuff. They all make it out for games. And my mom's been to every game, every home game this year. And I've had my dad here a few times. And, um, you know, it's just awesome to be able to have have them be able to come every week and be able to support me.
1: How's she doing health-wise? Is she doing okay?
0: Yes, she's doing great. So that's another blessing for sure.
1: Well, let's talk about, I know you're concentrated on this next month, absolutely, but let's talk about the future a little bit. I mean, uh, what's next for Lewis Kidd when your college football career is over?
0: Yeah, you know, um, hopefully we'll be finishing here in January. That's the goal. (laughs) Um, And then as far as that, uh, just kind of see, obviously, I want to train and, um, you know, do the pro day here. And uh, it'd be awesome to get a combine invite if that's somewhere in the future. Who knows? Um, But whatever it is, I'm going to you know work my butt off and just get ready for whatever opportunity presents itself that I'm going to be able to take. So not 100 percent sure, but I know I'll be training and still working hard.
1: Last thing for you then, Uh, I know that, again, a lot of football left to be played this year, but uh, have you thought about what this experience has meant to you? And if so, I mean, what will be some of your memories that you take from this? What have you learned during your time at Montana State uh, just overall uh, as as you've grown now into into six-year senior?
0: especially this year, I've just learned to enjoy all the little things. Uh, You know, it's tough sometimes, especially, you know, when you get into fall camp, late and stuff like that, your body's not feeling the best. Tough to just try to, you know, get through practices and stuff like that, but I've tried to just been enjoy, trying to just enjoy every bit of it. You know, I know this isn't going to last forever, and football isn't forever, and college isn't forever, and I know I'm really going to miss all the people, and um, being out here just every day with these guys that I love, and Coaches and all that stuff. So um, just trying to cherish that, you know. I, I'm, I live with uh, Bryce Stirk, and that's kind of one thing that he says. He misses a lot. You know, he's just going to school right now, and he's like, you know, I miss like I don't necessarily miss all the football stuff. Like I miss that for sure, but I really miss just hanging out in the locker room, being with guys, all that. You know, kind of the social
2: aspect of it.
0: Um, so I'm really trying to cherish that, and you know, just continue to enjoy being in Bozeman for these last couple months, and you know, taking it day by day. You know, it, it's gone by so quick. And you hear it every year of seniors who are leaving say, cherish it. It goes by, you know, one minute you're a freshman, one minute you're a senior. But it's crazy how true that is. You know, I, as a freshman, you hear it, and you're like, oh, yeah, right, all right. And then, you know, you hit your sophomore or junior year, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is flying. And now I'm at my senior year, and I'm. it's crazy how fast it's flown by, even with the extra year. Um, just trying to enjoy every bit of it. Trying to just, you know, count my blessings, really.
1: Well, it's funny because I'm sitting here looking at Skyline Sports and looking at the story we did on you when you first committed back in January of 2016. <laughs> and you got uh, half as much hair, about half as much of a beard, too. It's pretty yep. funny looking at you. Yep. But yep. Uh, real last question for you, Louis. Thanks for taking a minute for us. Um, yep. Got to ask you about this weekend. I mean, What were your thoughts on the, the showdown with Eastern Washington on the red?
0: Uh, very excited very excited to go play them yeah uh, they've got an awesome awesome fan base awesome stadium um they're an they're a great team you know they they're always a great team uh they've got great players playmakers on both sides of the ball um they're always one of the best in the conference so it's always uh always fun playing those guys i'm just excited for the opportunity you know uh, last year, if we were to play, we wouldn't have got the opportunity to play them, I don't think. So I'm excited. You know, we got a chance to play a great team in Weber and get a chance to play a great team at Eastern. And, um, you know, you wouldn't want it any other way. I want to go out as a senior and I want to be challenged and I want to, you know, I want to play the best teams and I want to play those guys every week. I think that that's what makes it fun, you know. Just excited and we've had a great week of practice and continuing to just build on that and, um, you know, get these last three weeks going.
1: Lewis Kidd, Big Sky Breakdown. Thanks so much for being here, man. I appreciate it. Happy now to welcome in one of the breakout stars in the Big Sky Conference this season, David Hoag. He's a defensive end for the Northern Colorado Bears. UNC hosts Montana Saturday afternoon in Greeley. David, thanks so much for making some time with us, man. How you doing?
9: I'm amazing. How you doing?
1: Very good. First and foremost, let's talk about just this season. It seems like Northern Colorado's defense really been playing well the last couple weeks. What's been the turning point? How have you guys come together and has really solidified that side of the ball?
9: Um, it's a connection that we built. You know, before the season even started, we went through a lot of of diverse situations and we came together as a family. You know, we came together as a unit and we decided to execute like one. Um, We have a lot of mistakes that we need to make up and we have done a lot of mistakes. But at the same time, we bounced back from it and we moved on to bigger and better things.
1: Is there a specific game or moment that you can uh, point to, to when you first started clicking for you?
9: For me as an individual, I feel like it was the um, Houston-Baptist game. Um, you know, after the CU game, it was kind of an a upset. So um, we kind of had to bounce back. But for us as a unit, it was the NAU game. People thought that we were going to lose. You know, some people had doubts. But um, as a defense, we came together and we shut everything down. Um, the game that just happened against Sacramento State, I feel like that, that was a huge, a huge win in our favor. But... It was also, you know, uh, upset. But that's one of those games where you see us playing together, playing hard, playing fast, playing for the ball.
1: David Hogue joining us from Northern Colorado. He's a defensive end there for the Bears. Northern Colorado hosts Montana Saturday afternoon in Greeley, Colorado. Let's talk about the coaching staff because I think that uh, Ed McCaffrey and, and a lot of the new coaches, they garnered a lot of headlines and got a lot of attention in Northern Colorado. Uh, first and foremost, I know you went to high school in the Denver area. So do you remember Coach McCaffrey is that, or is that a little too old for you?
9: Um, I do remember Coach McCaffrey. Um, I went to Smoky Hill High School, and we were supposed to go against them after we beat Regis, but unfortunately, that was far from happening. But um, we I I remember him vividly. Um, I spoke to him finally um, when he came up here, so that was a that was a good thing. But as far as the coaching staff, you know, it was something different for all of us. You know, for them. For the players, for the coaches, too, even for the uh, strength and conditioning coach, for the trainers and everything. So going into this was really new, and it was a new experience for all of us. But we just made the best of it.
1: How would you describe the coaching style, the coaching philosophies, and maybe how that might be different from what you experienced before Coach McCaffrey got there?
9: I'll say the coaching style is you know just run to the ball, you know just play, trust each other, you know play play like this is the last game, and it's. Very similar from the last coaching staff is that some of the things that they do, especially with the defense, uh, is a little bit better. And I feel like it connects well with others. You know, a lot of the times the coaches ask, uh, what's our opinion? What do you think will work? What do you think will connect? What do you think will execute? And they actually follow through with it. So they – the best thing that they say is we can't go out there and play for you so we can't always call the plays that we think will work but you guys see something different so they always ask for our opinions you know and they always execute it as well.
1: From a pass rushing perspective, I think it's fascinating to just look at the statistical breakdowns because a lot of times uh, yourself, a guy like Daniel Hardy at Montana State, a guy like Patrick O'Connell at Montana, all three of you guys among the league of nation leaders in sacks, but you look at the stats and sometimes you get two, three in one game. When you get it going like that, can you feel it and how do you do it? I mean, how, how do you build that momentum within yourself and 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 uh, sort of take control of a game and, and do you feel like it does build and you can get two, three, four sacks in a game?
9: After I get the first one, I feel like I could get more. Um, but in some games, I always disappoint myself because you know three is the most I ever got in a game. So I felt like I could really get more. But as soon as I get that one, um, I go ten and I act like I don't have any sacks and I go for another one and I go for another one. And it's just you know as far as as far as pass rushing. Um, during the off offseason um, our offensive line is uh, incredible as far as you know helping out the defense so I feel like once it comes down to the game sometimes we over prepare sometimes we under prepare but for me as far as pass rushing I feel like I over prepare I um, in some pass rushes I beat myself and I just move on to the next play you know anybody could be beatable so that's what I take out of it and I just go full steam.
1: Across the sidelines, where we feature subjects, both coaches and players, from teams that are playing against both Montana and Montana State. It's presented in part by Nick Tabor and Westpac Wealth. Let Westpac Wealth make your life more tax-efficient. David Hoag joining us from Northern Colorado. He's a defensive end for the Bears. They host Montana on Saturday afternoon. David, let's talk about your journey a little bit. I know my contact there, Ryan Pfeiffer, the sports information guy in Northern Colorado, he told me maybe he got a little bit of a cooking background, so tell us a little bit more about this.
9: I love cooking. Um, I always enjoyed cooking. And, um, it was growing up, you know, we didn't really have much food cooked, but my mom always made the best out of nothing. And she was always creative, you know, she was always creative. And that's why I kind of got the, you know, love for cooking. Um, I live with my godfather as well. So he, like, cooked even though he didn't want to. And, um, everything, like, all the spices, all the seasonings, all the food types, different food types, I feel like now that, like, you know, I'm kind of living on my own, kind of living in my own area. I miss the cooking, but, you know, I add a little bit more extra to it. You know, I put on a little thing to it. But for me, it, I love cooking. You know, it's always a, a big thing to have. It's always a thing for me to enjoy, to love, besides football, besides school. It's always, you know, like, a hobby, but more towards a, a relaxing hobby.
1: Like a passion, right? Yes, sir. What's your, what's your specialties? Give us some of the dishes that David Hogue can deal out.
9: Um, one, one dish that I'm starting to, you know, try to create is a double-baked potato with um, shrimp and chicken. I'm trying to do that with a, like an Alfredo sauce. I like that as well. It kind of um, adds on to that and capitalizes off of that. Another, my main my favorite dish is uh, shrimp linguini with a pink moscato sauce. I love I love cooking that. That's one of that's the best dish. Um, another dish is uh, steak and salmon. Um, cut the salmon up and uh, put the mashed potatoes on the plate. Put the steak on the plate. Kind of connect the salmon and the potatoes as well. And I always try to eat healthy, so everything is really uh, healthy foods um, always. Uh, bell peppers up onions up and just put them in a bowl eat them like that um it's it's very good i i enjoy it so we
1: well, got me starving um, right uh, now I'm right now i mentioned too you might have some jamaican roots too so any any cajun influences in this or any jamaican influences in your oh, cooking most style definitely.
9: most definitely my um I, what i got from my mom is she does these jerk burgers um so she'll wrap the burger in bacon uh, put cucumbers in it um Get like a shrimp sauce, put that on top of the burger. Uh, that's one of the jerk burgers. Uh, jerk chicken is um, my favorite dish if I'm on a grill. Um, have it marinate over overnight or for two nights. That'll, that's why you get your best flavors. Um, you will put a bunch of it's a bunch of spices, but it'll it'll all connect. Um, and curry shrimp curry shrimp is the best you'll put that over rice and peas put you know a lot of vegetables in it especially cucumbers and uh the sauce in the shrimp but don't get it on your clothes because it's gonna it's gonna stain your clothes so i wouldn't i wouldn't advise you to do that but uh, it's a lot it's a lot uh oxtails all the
1: Got to love, man. I'm starving now. I can't can't wait to go cook some food tonight. That's going to be delicious. You got me inspired. Last question on this, I heard you maybe have a little internship going on over in France, which is one of the great cooking countries in the world. So tell us a little bit more about that.
9: It was actually a conversation me and one of my best friends had. um, We've been friends for a long time and he got me me on the idea of going out of the country just for school because he wanted to go um, to study abroad and uh, I was just curious about it, and I talked to my uh, academic advisor. She said, "Yeah, that that's possible during the summertime. You know, a 68 a 68 week program. If your coaches is okay with that, if your strength coach is okay with that, then it's it's a full go." And I was thinking of anywhere I wanted to go, and culinary was like on the top of my mind. And I'm in my mind, it was it was Italy. So it was either uh, Italy or Tokyo, and it'll be just sounds more, it, it sounds better, in my opinion, for picking. So that's, that, that's where I want to pursue it at.
1: Across the sideline with Northern Colorado defensive end David Hogue. It is Nuana's now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television around the state of Montana. University of Montana plays at Northern Colorado on Saturday afternoon. And David, let's talk about the matchup. Well, what do you think of the Grizzlies coming to town? What sort of things have you seen that stands out about the Grizz offense as you prepare for this game on Saturday?
9: What stands out about them is they are a passing offense. Um, they do a little bit of running, but they're predominantly passing. Of course, that is, that's what I look for in an offense anyway because, of course, that's more opportunities for me to get sacked. So for me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this game very much. Um, as far as the team as a whole, I looked at some of the games, the sack game, Sacramento won by a touchdown, the um, Utah game, they, they won by a point because, you know, they, of course, they missed the field goal. However, I feel like it's a, it's a well-known matchup. You know, some people might have their doubts. Some people might have their concerns. But in my opinion, it's a well-known matchup as far as the defensive line through the secondary, through inside linebacker, all that is a matchup. As far as our offense goes, it's still a matchup. You know, it is going to be a great game. Um, like our coaches said, it's not going to be a handout. They're not going to hand us a win. If we want it, we got to earn it, and we got to take it. Whether they want to win, it's up to them. I don't really care what they want, but what I and what I want for my team is to go out there knowing that we can beat them, knowing that we could, you know, rise above it and beat them.
1: Well, David, this was a pleasure getting to know you a little bit. If and when your football career ever ends, call me. We can start a cooking show. That be that could be my second job as well. That sounds pretty darn fun. But thanks so much for spending some time with us here on Nuwana's Now. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you for
5: having me. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond.
1: Time now for our Grizz Star of the Week, presented by Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors. Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors has got their big ski sale going on right now. It's November. I know it's still been nice, but snow is on the horizon, I promise you. So head on down to Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors. Skis, snowboards, poles, clothes, helmets, all that. Bob Ward's has got you covered. They're also the proud sponsor of the Grizz Star of the Week, which this week is Montana junior linebacker Marcus Wellnow. We go now to the Rangers Players' RV phone line. Welcome in, Marcus. He just got done with practice. Thanks for making some time with us, man. How was practice today? How are you guys doing?
7: Oh, we had a great day of practice today. Got better, ran around, feels, feels good.
1: Well, I know that Coach Alk and the coaching staff, they love guys that love to practice. And I know you guys as a group love to practice. But how do you get there? How do you hone that mentality? Because for some people, that sounds terrible going out on a Wednesday and practicing, but you guys seem to love it.
7: Oh, we do too. I mean, you just gotta love football. If you're gonna play college football at this level, you gotta you gotta love to come out here every day and just you know run around and just play football. At the end of the day, it's just like playing in the backyard when you're a little boy. It's just that's all it is. It's still still football. You might get yelled at a lot more, but
1: still fun to do it. (laughs) Certainly with this coaching staff too, they're not getting letting you guys get away with anything. But it is fun to watch just how demanding they are. Well, let's talk about this last weekend first and foremost. uh, Weirdest game I ever covered. I've been covering the league for 15 years. I've never seen a game like Saturdays, and I've never seen a game in which a team had so much go against them and they still one but you guys were able to do it one of the key plays in the game when you got your big paw on the field goal that would have been the go-ahead field goal <laughs> against southern utah but montana comes away with a 2019 victory i know you're at the postgame press conference but it's kind of hard to recap those things in the moment because you got the adrenaline flow and you just got uh, done with a big win so now that you've had a couple days to to go through it and probably see it on film just take us through that play how are you able to block the big kick against southern utah
7: um, it means just effort, really. Just everyone everyone around me going as hard as they could. They got to push around me so then I could go squeeze in a little hole there. And Jason Lewis actually pushed me in the back, gave me a little more forward. And then, you know, just my hand was in the right place, and it hit the ball, and it went from there. Was that the first kick you blocked in college? Uh, no, I blocked a punt when I was a freshman versus uh, UND.
1: That's right. I remember that. That's it. absolutely right. Okay, so t- take yep. us through that part of, of this the Grizz program because I've always thought that was one of the coolest parts about the Grizz program, especially if you're a defensive guy, a linebacker. It's sort of like climbing the ladder, right? You're a young guy, you're red yep. shirt, you try to lift, you try to make your name, and then all of a sudden you maybe get an opportunity running out, down on kicks or trying to block some punts. So when you were a young guy, what was your mentality on special teams and how did you use that to sort of establish your position on the team?
7: You know, that's, I mean, when you're a young guy and you just play in special teams, you know, that's your moment to make an impact in a game, and that's how I took it, you know. You obviously don't start, you don't play a lot, but the plays you do, you want to you make an impact. That's always what I wanted to do, so just go as hard as you can, know exactly what you're supposed to do, and you, you just can't let your team down. You know, a lot of people and a lot of fans counting on you to do your job, so you got to take it as seriously as the starters do when they start, and I like I do now, I took it I took it that seriously when I was just a special teams guy and just waited for my opportunity to play more plays on
1: defense. One guy that I love watching on special teams right now, and this has always been one of my favorite parts of the Grizz, is just finding the guy on special teams that's like the dude is just wrecking shop because that's his number one job. <laughs> and right now, it's got to be Levi Carroll man. He is playing with his <laughs> hair on fire right now. So I know he's a guy that's getting some reps too uh, up with the first defense. But first and foremost, he's just annihilating people on kick teams. What have you thought of his performance specifically on special teams so far?
7: No, oh, he's been doing awesome. I mean, coming, he's switched from defense, switched defense. I think two years ago. I don't know, we've all been here so many years, but <laughs> right. I mean, he's just doing awesome, going down, just hitting people, doing his job. I mean, he loves he loves that part of the game, and I think it's 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 fun to watch. I always watch our special teams guys play because I mean, I'm I'm in friends with everyone, but I just love watch because I, I knew I used to be there at that point, and just there's some big hits, and those guys go so hard, and we we do really well on special teams, so it's just fun to watch.
1: Marcus Willenell joining us here on Nuanas. Now. He's our group star of the week, presented by Bob Ward, Sports and Outdoors. Talk to us a little bit about your last couple years, because like you said, it was an extended off season where you had a lot of time to train and practice and, and no games in between, but it seemed like you really uh, improved yourself physically, speed, strength, all that stuff. So what did you do? How did you take advantage of the, the uh, extended offseason uh, leading up into this year?
7: I mean, there was a there was a long, like you said, a very extended. You know, that COVID at first we got a little bit of spring ball, and then we were home for a while. And I wanted to keep lifting, so I made a little gym at my house. Because I mean, that was most important thing is just stay in shape. And then just the strength coach here, strength coach is here, got me right. And then going in because I was supposed to, I was starting for that first first year we we're supposed to play. So getting reps with the ones for almost a year and a half before I even I had to take a real rep that really helped too. Is just settle down and realize that So when I started my first game, it wasn't really like I was in first time really doing it because I've been doing it for a year and a half now. I just had not played in a real game yet.
1: You're a Helena Capital guy. Helena Capital's got great football tradition. They've produced a ton of great players, and a lot of them, most of them actually that have gone on to play for the Grizz or the Bobcats have been guys that play in the front seven. A lot of great linebackers and D-linemen out of Helena Capital. So, first of yep. all, did you have anybody that you looked up to as a Capital guy when you were growing up?
7: I mean, the prettiest, obvious answer would be Matt Miller for of sure. Of course, man. I mean, I know, I know he didn't play linebacker all, but I mean, just uh, growing about up and every watching other
1: position, though, right? <laughs> yeah, he
7: might honestly play some linebacker too, but just growing up and watching him and just the uh, the Bruins just dominated every game. I mean, I, little boy growing up, I saw when I was when the Bruins won like five straight, three straight, whatever it was. And then Carroll College won four national championships in a row. So growing little boy and Helen, I didn't see a lot of losing football teams or even games ever, ever lost. So it was pretty cool seeing that.
1: And it seems like that program prepares you for the college level too. But how, I mean, how did Helena Capital sort of get you ready to play for the Grizz? You know, I think after coming here, I think the,
7: how serious we took lifting there, yeah. and how serious we took football. We our our lifting coaches there were just phenomenal, and you know, every I think all the programs around the state are doing it now. But I think early we were we lifted at six. We every every day we were there six in the morning, grinding off season, in season, like it didn't matter. We were always there. So I mean, I think that's what the biggest thing is how the weight room got got us right ready for college football. And the coaches there, I mean, a lot of them had played college football, so they knew what it was about. So we practiced like that, and it's just it's a great program. I love those guys.
1: No question. You've been following them at all in the playoffs. They had a big win last weekend, upset Great Falls Sioux yeah. on the road. Yep, that was a big win. Now you got to go play West. Yeah, no doubt. and get that's going to a gonna big be, upset there. No doubt. Well, that would be a, a tough challenge. Marcus Willenow joining us. It's our greatest star of the week, presented by Bob Ward Sports and Outdoors. Well, speaking of Helena Capital, you got a brother on the team as well, Trevor Willenow. He actually came on earlier this year because he was doing a little fundraiser car wash, which was pretty cool, I him give him back to the Missoula Food Bank. Uh, but not a lot of guys get to play college football with their brother, so what's that experience been like for you?
7: Oh, it's awesome. You know, having him here, once he got here, also, I didn't want to ever tell him where to go, but once when when he got offered from the Grizz, I was like, hey, you can come play with me, and he did, and I was, I'm so happy, because having him here is just great. We hang out all the time. We're good friends, and then, actually, our other little brother, he's uh, like equipment manager out here, so he's out here and practices with us every day, doing stuff with us. So, I mean, all three of us are here together, and it's, it's pretty special.
1: Well, super cool. Very awesome to have that a family connection. I, I talked to, about this when I introed this segment, but super weird in this league that it's a thirteen team league. You only play eight league games. You don't play everybody every year, and sometimes you go forever without going to a place. So a lot of you guys, most of you guys, never even been to Greeley, Colorado to play a game. So is that weird? I mean, what's it like going to a place you never played before? Um, you know, it, it sounds interesting. I kind of
7: like when I go there. I kind of see the field, see the surrounding area, see the locker room. It's it, I, I like it. I like not knowing what to expect, but once I'm once there, I like going early to see what it is and then get ready to play, yeah. I don't think there's anyone on the team that has been to Greeley, unless maybe it maybe a transfer, but because I know Jace's class is the oldest class here, and they've never been there, so I don't
1: know if anyone has. Uh, unbelievable. That's crazy to even think of that. Oh, uh, Let's talk about the matchup. Marcus Weldo joining us here on ESPN Radio. What do you think of the matchup with the Royal Colorado? They have uh, played a different style than maybe I thought that they were going to. I mean, you, you hire a former NFL receiver and Ed McCaffrey as your head coach. You bring in a highly regarded Four-star quarterback recruiting Dylan McCaffrey, Ed's son. But it's been more of a ground-and-pound, ball control, really play slow down the games, try to keep them low-scoring. So what's your guys' general thoughts just coming into this game against UNC? I mean,
7: yeah, you said it right. They like to run the ball, just try to ground-and-pound you. Yeah. and They also guys, they have a really good passing game, too, so you got to respect that. So, I mean, they do a lot of good things, and they play, they've been playing really well lately as of late. So we've got to be on our best, and yeah.
1: What do you think is the key then for Montana if you guys are going to go on the road and get a key Big Set big- big- Conference victory?
7: Uh, especially going off of last week, we just we can't beat ourselves. We had too many mistakes in that last game, like you said, really. It was a weird game. We, a lot of those were self inflicted, so we got to just avoid all the self inflicted stuff, play as hard as we can. Should be good.
1: Well, Marcus, we appreciate the time today, man. Always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for being with us here on Nuanas now, and uh, go get them on Saturday. Good luck uh, against the Bears and Greeley.
6: Well, thank you. Thank you for, thank you for having me.